to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. It is Christmas Eve service. And what do we do on Christmas Eve service? But we have a Christmas message, right? And the Christmas Eve message, oftentimes, it will just focus on, you know, our story in Luke chapter 2. And it will kind of go through and, you know, the wise men and Jesus and, you know, the birth and, you know, Mary and Joseph. I think we all know the story. Not to diminish anything or take anything away from the story because the story is the greatest story ever told. It was a story that that tells the story of God becoming a man in the form of a baby, vulnerable baby. As we prayed earlier, God became a person in the form of Jesus. Today's Christmas Eve text that I am going to read out of is something that we are all pretty familiar with also. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can look it up. You don't have to look it up because we're not going to be too much in there today. I just want to make a couple of comments here today and set us on our way. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we see a very familiar Christmas verse that we see on a lot of Christmas cards. What we see here is the verse is, chapter 9, verse 6, it says, And his name, or I'm sorry, in verse verse 6, it's, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help me to articulate a message that can meet every single person in this room, from young to old, from knowledgeable to those who don't know much about the Christmas story. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to all of us through this message. Touch something in our heart, Lord, that we'd be able to walk out of here that would be a nugget that we'd be able to take on for the rest of our life. Let your word move in our heart. May you transform lives in here even as we look at this text today. Help me, Lord, to make sense. Help me to articulate your word in a worthy way that these people who will be listening to this message can be challenged, can be changed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We have that verse there. And it's interesting, and I I don't mean to be selfish in here, but in this verse, I want to focus on a word. We'll focus on other things, but we see here, unto us a child is born. We understand that child to be Jesus. We understand that child to be the babe in the manger. Unto us a son is given. The word given is is a word there that means given, but it also means gift. Interestingly enough, not to embarrass him, but the name in Hebrew is literally Nathan. I know everybody looks at Nathan. (laughs) It is? It is. Nathan. For unto us, child is born. Unto us, a son is Nathan. (laughs) Well, that's in Hebrew. I promise this message won't be about my son. It's about a gift. A gift was given. This year... There's an estimate that somewhere between 700 billion and 1 trillion, in excess of 1 trillion dollars, will be spent on Christmas in the United States of America. How they determine that, I don't know. 
But they say anywhere from $700 to $1,000 is what the average family spends on Christmas. And I think, what families are those? <laughs> you know, that's a lot of, lot of money. What are that, what are those, what's that money going towards? It's going towards gifts. It's going towards the things that we want to give to those that we love, uh, the loved ones. Before I forget, we have somebody to pray for. And her name was again... Avery, Avery, um, Debbie Cheney and Alex Cheney, who you guys know, um, are spending Christmas. I think up in Tampa is where it is. They're, they're on their way. Yeah, she's she's got a she's got an issue going on. So her friend, who they were going to be spending some Christmas time with, uh, is going to the hospital. Her name is Avery. Let's pray, Father. We pray for Avery right now. We pray God that you would heal her and that you would be with her. Lord, be with those that are around her. Be with the doctors. Give them wisdom in what's going on with Avery right now. Be with her. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so when we look at, back into our text, when we into the message, when we look at gifts, $1,000, some more, maybe some less, but here's the thing. The amount of money that we will, many, go in debt to purchase in order to bless those that you love, they're for gifts. They're for gifts. Why do we do it? Well, there is, in some instances, you know, for the most part, it's because we love the people and we want to bless and we want to see, you know, that that they, you know, have a happy face, you know, when they open that, you know, present on Christmas morning. That that they have something that they didn't have previous, you know, and that you found the perfect gift, you know. Uh, that's always the hard thing, isn't it? You know, trying to find the perfect gift, you know. And especially if you've been with somebody for a long time, my wife and I, we've been together for many, many years. And so to try to find this, the, the right gift, uh, anyone want me to tell you what I got her? I got, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. But it, it, sometimes it's tough and you go, oh boy, when they open the gift, you kind of go, oh, are they going to like it? Ah, I blew it again this year, didn't I? You know, and, and you, you just you agonize over it because you want the gift to be something that they're going to enjoy. There's other gifts that you give that you go, well, I'm giving out a compulsion. <laughs> I know that they're going to get me a gift and so I get them a gift. Hopefully you don't have a lot of that in your life and hopefully you don't have that kind of an attitude when you give. But frankly, I think that all of us at one time or another in our life, that's happened. Where you give out a compulsion because you have to. Sometimes you give anonymously. Sometimes we give gifts anonymously. And the anonymous gifts are those gifts that we give that you know that as you give that person this gift and you don't, you don't hand it to them, they just happen to find it. Or maybe it's under the tree. It says, you know, has no you know, name under the, you know, from, or you put Santa on it or something like that. They don't know where it came from. Whatever it is, you put, you want to remain anonymous and that person receives that gift and when they open it and if, you, if they're blessed, you just go, oh, that's awesome. That's just, a, that's just awesome. To be able to give a gift without the expectation of anything in return. 
Because you know that that is something that is really going to bless that person. Well, you know, that is a lot and much like the gift that God has given to us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is gifted to us. Gifted to us. Sometimes I I think that we lose sight of the fact that God gave us a gift. Not just of life. I mean, every day we can wake up, right? And, and take a breath. I, I see a thing going around, uh, you know, the internet right now and on social media, you know. I see this, this little video of uh, a family that wakes up every day. And I don't know, some of you guys maybe have seen it, you know, where the husband wakes up and he's, in a, he's all, you know, wrapped up in, a, in wrapping paper. Has anybody seen that? He wakes up and he goes, <laughs> and he rips out and he goes, wow, wow, I'm alive. And he looks over at his wife and she's like in a cocoon of, of wrapping paper and he goes, who's that? And she opens up and she goes, oh, we're married. Oh, wonderful. Are you, are you well? And I don't know all of the, the structure and what have you, but the kids all come bouncing in and they're in wrapping paper. And, and then he goes and he turns on a light and he goes, honey, we have electricity. And, and the, the light you know, fixture is in wrapping paper and he rips it off and he's turning it on and it's going on and off. And then he, the, the, the faucet has wrapping paper around it. And he goes, oh, honey, look at this, look at this, look at this. And he rips off the wrapping paper. Oh, water. And he talks, basically, you understand the, the premise of it is that every day you wake up and there's a new gift. You, 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 you and I, we have a gift. If you live in this country, you have running water. You have electricity. You actually have life that you can breathe and you can get up out of bed. You have something to rejoice over for that day. That's the idea, of the, hopefully, that they were trying to get across. Is that you recognize that every day is a gift. The things that you have, the things that we enjoy on a day-by-day, that we take for granted on a day-by-day, that we realize that we have are very, very blessed. In this country, we are so blessed. Can you imagine? I mean, we've all read, studied, maybe some of us have gone to the, the you know, the, the, the far reaches of the earth and, and gone into different, you know, communities and different countries where they have lack is what they have the most of. They don't have anything. Maybe no running water, maybe no electricity. Maybe food enough for a few days, but not for the whole week. And you go and you minister, and, and, and you, you go in there and you, you minister and, and try to make their life a little bit better, and then you leave, and you, you do what you can do, and then you go out. And, and for the next month or so, at least, or maybe it changes you for the rest of your life, you understand, I have so much, and you become so appreciative of the things that you have. Life is a gift. Life is a gift. And, and it's something that we can all look at and say, you know what, that God gave me life, it, it's a gift. And I know that we've, you know, that there are some that might go, well, I wish I had never been born. I, let me direct you to a, a TV program. It's called It's a Wonderful Life, okay? And, and, and you can look at Jimmy, J, 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 Jimmy Stewart and, and, and see, you know, you know, Bailey, what's his name? Uh, uh, 
George Bailey, I couldn't think of his name. I can't believe I couldn't think of his name. I've seen that movie a million times, you know. George, George Bailey of the old building and loan, you know. And, and he, he wished that he'd never been born. And, you know, that's kind of the, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's not seen it. But, I mean, the thing's been out since, like, 1940. Come on, get with it, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he wishes that he'd never been born. And then he got the gift of the opportunity to see what life would have been like if he had never been born and at the very end he is alive and yay you know Merry Christmas you old building and loan you know and he's, he's just happy because he understands how his life is though it really is bad at that time I mean it's just bad I mean he's about to go to prison but he realizes that he did actually have an impact in people's lives. And I think that we all have had impacts in people's lives. And, and you, might, you might go, well, I don't know, I'm going to scratch my head and think, I don't know of any lives that I've had an impact in. Oh, that's the cool thing about it, is that you don't know how many lives you've had an impact in. And, and you know, here's the cool thing, is that maybe even a bad influence that you were actually was something that turned someone's life around too. And so even the bad thing that you've done might have changed somebody from going down the path that you had gone down and you actually had to learn that hard lesson. And, and maybe that person wouldn't have been as fortunate as you were and, and lived through it. And so even in a bad experience that you've had in life, it may have impacted somebody so positively in life. Life is a gift. Life is a gift that God has given to us. But this is definitely not a message just talking about, wow, let's be thankful for the life that we have. That's part of it. Let's be thankful that God has given us breath, that God has given us life. That God's given us the ability to impact people's lives. There's nothing that's shallow in that. There's nothing to diminish that. And I don't mean to diminish that in this message. But here's the thing. We have been given this life. Let's use it to bless. Let's use it. But that's not the whole picture. God's given us this life. God created mankind. And, 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 and I know that, that there's this big debate that's out there. Know this. Man has debated for centuries, for millennia, on whether or not God is real and that God created the heavens and the earth. And there will always be naysayers. Right now, we have kind of a big push in our universities and, and in our academia that says, oh... There is no such thing as God. And I think it's foolish. I, I, I do. Professing to be wise, they became fools. They've changed and corrupted that which is holy and they've made it corrupt and, 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 and they've looked at God and said, nah, he didn't do it. We came here by chance. Uh, this message isn't to get into the whole evolution creation theory. But at some point, evolution really has a hard question to answer. And that is, if everything happened from a big bang, 
well, where did the things come from that created the materials to bang? There has to be a beginning. It didn't just, where did the beginning happen? What happened? At what point did things start? Oh, it's always been. You can't just start there. That's, that's arbitrary. You can't just arbitrarily say, well, it just started. No, there has to be. A, science doesn't work that way. And so the evolutionists will have a real hard time scientifically going, well, this is the way it is. Because they have no answer to that fact that there was a beginning. They, they can't get their hands around it. Whereas we, we understand according to the word of God that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I, I, I kind of like that bumper sticker that we see on people's you know cars. I do believe in the bang theory, the big bang theory. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and bang, there it was. <laughs> And, and, and so, God created the heavens and the earth, but God created, and all the things within it, but then God created man. Why did God create man? It was to glorify him. D- does that make God a narcissist? No. And I know a lot of people have a problem with God jealous over the glory doesn't make God a narcissist. It just makes God smart. He understands that if you place your glory on someone else, if you place your glory on a football star, on a musician, on an actor, a politician, on a mentor, somewhere down the line, you're going to be disappointed. That person is going to let you down and all of a sudden what what pedestal you place this person on, they're going to do something that is going to to rock your world. It's going to change your perspective and you're going to see that there is not perfection on this person on the pedestal and you're going to find out that there are, there's error in that person's life and all of a sudden, your hopes are dashed because you placed your emphasis upon someone who was fallible. And God says, you're always going to be disappointed that way, but you place your glory on me because here's the thing, I'm not fallible. I don't make mistakes. I may not do things the way that you want things to be done, but I will promise you I will always do things perfectly. But I don't understand. I know you don't understand right now, but you will. You can. Trust me with your life. Trust me with the world. I didn't need any help to create the heavens and the earth. I have the capacity to weave and mold and shape and it is for my glory and it is for your betterment. It's for you. It's to bless you. And I know that that's a hard thing when we see someone that's tragically taken from us. Those are the hard ones. I I agree. But I also, I look to the one who has the answers and I trust him with my life. And, and, and so it's in that that I don't blindly do that. I recognize that, that God is far bigger than anything that I, I can ever aspire to be or anybody can ever aspire to be. God can do all things. And God can move and weave and, and, and in my life 
and through tragedy in my life might minister to someone else's life. Again, I don't have time to get into that, but here's the thing. I'm saying all of this to say that God is the one that we give glory to. Why was man created? To bring God glory. Is God any less God if we don't bring him any glory? No, God is going to be glorious. God is going to be God whether or not he ever created us or not. But God loves us. God created us. God saw that we failed. In the garden, our great ancestor, Adam and Eve, they blew it. And, and, and I'm sorry, but you know we have all descended from them and we carry this sin-sick gene in our DNA that requires it to be dealt with. We have something that is impure. It's called sin. And so God looks at mankind... And he says, this is a bad way. This is a bad place. This is a bad place for them to be in. The only way for them to be saved, the only way for them to enter into heaven, the only way, they can't do it on their own. I must go and do this for them. I'm going to take their place. I'm going to pay their penalty. I'm going to do what they cannot do for themselves. I'm going to do it for them. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Think, well, ah, that's a bloodthirsty God. No, that's not a bloodthirsty God. That's a God that shows that sin costs. It's graphic. And it should shock us. Can you imagine if sin didn't cost? I mean, we're living in a day and an age right now where it seems like sin doesn't cost and there is just rampant, horrific sin that is just, it's just running rampant amongst our society. People randomly shooting people because they think it's cool. You know? Drugs rampant. You know, we're now in this big thing of of you know you know the the, the sexual harassment that we see all through the, 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 the world right now, our nation especially. We see terrorism. Can you imagine if, if that wasn't to be punished? What would this you know, somebody came out with a movie. I have never seen this movie. I understand the pretext of the movie. I think, I think, and I could be wrong. Please don't, don't go. Oh no, yeah, I totally saw that movie, and you're totally wrong. Well, if you did, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. But there's like a movie out called like Purge, isn't that what it's called? Where, where basically, like one night, a, a, a city or, or whatever, you can go and do whatever you want. You can kill people if you want. You can do whatever you want. Just let your sin run rampant. It's purging. I mean, that, that we even in Hollywood can come up with something like that, number one, I guess doesn't shock me, but that we actually put it out in the movie theaters and people run to see it and go, wow, that's cool. That is, huh? There's three. There's three of them, yeah. Okay, I guess it made a lot of movies and a lot of a lot of sense, and it, you know, and it attracted people, and so people like I don't know, I don't. Can you imagine if that's how our whole society was? God sent His Son into the world to rectify, to judge the sin, to deal with the sin, 
that you and I can't deal with. And he didn't just do that because he had to for himself. He, he did that for you because you and I can't possibly pay for our own sin. And so when we see a verse like this in, in Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, unto us. God gave us a child. Unto us a son is gifted to you. He's there for you. He's there for me. It's a gift. And here's the thing. I think that we lose sight of the fact that Jesus was a gift. We, we lose sight of that fact. Christmas time, we give gifts and everything. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love it. I love Christmas morning. But do we lose Jesus in the midst of it? And it's not just Christmas morning. Do we lose Jesus on a day-by-day basis? For you see... Jesus wasn't a gift just on December 25th. He's, he's on 364 other days of the years. He's, he's the gift. He's a gift every single day. And the problem is, is that some people will never understand what that gift is. God looked upon mankind and saw that man cannot get to heaven based upon his own merit. And so here's what he did. He became a man in the form of a baby to live among us to be tempted in all points the Bible tells us as we have been and yet without sin he went to the cross to pay a penalty not for himself but for you for God so loved the world that he gave as a gift his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life Unto us a son is born. Unto us a child is given. He was gifted to us to give us life, to give us hope. What's his name? Oh, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. We spend so much money going to counsel. So many people will go to psychological and psychiatric Counsel to find, or even biblical counsel to find answers. When in all actuality, God is the best counselor of all. Jesus is the best counselor of all. He's a wonderful counselor. The one thing that a counselor can't do for you is help you along the way. You can go to a counselor, and when you go to a counselor, they charge you when you're done. Your hour is up. You're done. They don't expect you to give them a phone call on their vacation. And if you guys have ever seen What About Bob, that's kind of what that whole thing is all about. Bob Wiley. Bill Murray. Trying to be and get close to his psychologist, his counselor. But his, his counselor is like, I'll take your money in my office, but don't expect anything outside of the office. Well, you see, the cool thing about God is that that doesn't happen that way. It's 3 o'clock in the morning and you can't sleep and you're stressed, you're anxious, you, you're, you are agonizing over something. Hey, guess what? Jesus is on call. He's right there for you. And guess what? He's not going to charge you anything. He's the wonderful counselor. Not only will he counsel you, but he'll enable you and empower you and equip you to do just what it is that he's called you to do. We sometimes lose 
the gift. We sometimes forget the gift. He's the mighty God. Yeah, Jesus is mighty God. Those who say that, well, Jesus isn't God. No, you can't read this any other way. Under us a child is born, under us a son is given, and his name will be mighty God. Jesus is mighty God, God. It's a part of the Trinity. Can I explain it all? No, not totally. Can't do it. Not to everybody's satisfaction. He's the everlasting Father. I know that there's some that you might look at that that you might have had a father that never really did the things that a father should do. Maybe a, a father was not a good father. But I will tell you this. If that's you, here's the thing about God. Here's the thing about Jesus. What you pictured in your head that a father should be, that's who Jesus is. He's not what you identify with your experience. Not, that's not him. He, he loves in the most purest form. He counsels in the greatest way. He cares. When you weep, he weeps. When you rejoice, he rejoices. He's not there to hurt. He's there to help. He's there to lead and he's there to guide. And he'll never leave you and he will never forsake you. He'll never take off on you. Jesus says, He who the Father delivers into my hand, I will in no wise cast out and no one can snatch them from me. (laughs) That's our Jesus. That's your everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Doesn't peace sound good? Doesn't peace sound good, especially in the day and the age that we're living? Russia and China and North Korea and Afghanistan and Iran and all of this stuff that's going on. Turkey is now getting into the mix of all this stuff. Here's the thing. Wouldn't it be great to have peace? He's the Prince of Peace. It's the gift that has been given to us. And sometimes we overlook it. And I just want to call to your remembrance this Christmas season that there's a gift there for you and I his name is Jesus he's wrapped up in the flesh of Jesus God wrapped up in the flesh of Jesus Christ as an offering to you for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but the free gift of God free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is your gift he's my gift and the thing is is that there will be some that will bypass the gift I don't remember the story completely and totally but a father who I guess the the mother passed away and he was the only one raising his son. He ended up getting saved, tried to influence his son, and tried to lead him down a walk with the Lord, and the son didn't want anything to do with the Lord. son went off to college. The father was pretty well off. 
And as his son graduated college, you guys have probably heard this illustration. I'm probably going to mess up a little bit of this illustration, but the father, you know, the, the son had been telling his dad, and he would call his dad every once in a while just to let him know that he was there, you know. But he never really got along well with his dad. He didn't like his dad because he, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to become a religious fanatic. I don't want to become this Jesus follower, you know. He asked his dad, you know, from a graduation. Typically, parents give gifts to their kids upon graduation from college. I'd love to have this certain sports car. A lot of other people have these things. I know it's not going to break your bank, and I know we don't really have that great of a relationship, but this is something that you want to know what it is that I want. This is what I want. I would love to have this. The day of his graduation, his dad goes to his graduation, and he, his son is graduated and the father hands him a, 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 a gift wrapped up about this size. And his son takes it. He goes, this is my gift, Dad? He goes, yeah. And he opens it up. There's a Bible with his name on the bottom of it. And he says, you know what? You just can't, you just can't stop, can you? You know what? This is it. I want nothing else to do with you. And he became estranged from his father for years until his dad died. His dad, dead. The son's going to have to go to the funeral, claim the body and what have you. He's like, goes and he, he finds this Bible that his dad gave him. Yeah, what was it in this thing that he felt so needy to get into this? He opened it up and inside was inscribed, Son, I, I know that you and I are on the outs, and, but... I want you to know how proud I am of you. You, You've done so well in college. And and he he goes on and and lists out so many of the things that he really appreciates about his son. And then then down in there it says, please turn to John chapter 3. I have a gift there for you. And he goes, John chapter 3, looks up in the table contest. He goes, oh, and there in there was a key to a car. The car that he wanted. He'd been estranged from his dad for so many years. He had a gift that he forsook because he was not wanting anything that his father had. His dad wasn't saying you have to become a Christian in order to get the car. Dad, I want you to give you this car, but I also want to give you a book. Somewhere down the road, I hope and pray that you read it. I hope and pray you find the peace that I have. I hope and, hope and pray that you understand the gift that God is for you and for me. And there's so many people that will, will miss the gift that God has given to us. you imagine buying a gift for somebody and they leave it unwrapped under the present or under the tree? Let's say you went and spent a lot of money on someone in this room. Or someone that is, you know, attached to you, you know, that might not be here with you, but you, you love and you spend a lot of money, you put a lot of thought into, and you, you wrap this present, you put it under the tree. Tomorrow morning, when you open these gifts, all of a sudden, that person goes, "It's from you." Eh, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna think I'm gonna just leave that there. What, what is that gonna do to you? You put all this thought and this hard work into this gift. And, and they just kind of, eh, I'll open it someday maybe. I might open it someday. 
eh, if things get bad, I might open it. And, and, and it, it remains unopened. There's a lot of unopened gifts in this world. God wrapped up Jesus in flesh and so many people have left him under the tree. They've bypassed the gift that God, it's the most important gift ever that man can ever receive. For without it, there is no entrance into heaven. Without Christ, there is no hope for a life. That's not my, that's not my rules. That's not my plan. That's, that's what the Bible says. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. If you like sports, you understand this idea, this analogy. If the Super Bowl was being played up here in Tampa Stadium, if you don't have a ticket to the Super Bowl, you're not getting in the gate. Let's say you, 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 you buy a ticket to the symphony or you buy a ticket to a, you know, a Broadway play. You spend thousands of dollars on a ticket to a Broadway play and you take it to the stadium and you go, do you know how much money I paid for these tickets on Broadway in New York? This should get me in to the Super Bowl. And they're going to look and they say, it doesn't say Super Bowl. You're not coming in. You see, many people say there are many roads to heaven. No, there aren't. There's one road. Jesus says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so here's the thing. That's pretty emphatic. You can't get into the Super Bowl using symphony tickets or Broadway tickets, just like you can't get into heaven based upon, well, I I, I believe this way, or I believe that God loves everyone, and everybody's going to enter into heaven. Yeah, but what did you do with my son? Eh, I don't know. I really didn't want to be a Jesus freak. Are you kidding me? He was my gift to you. You left him unwrapped. Are you kidding me? You left him unwrapped? And that's my heart, man. Gang, that's my heart. Don't leave Jesus unwrapped. Don't leave him in the wrapping. Don't leave him under the tree. He's there for you. And it's the greatest gift that is offered to you and I. And it's the only manner for which we can enter into heaven. That's what we celebrate this year. It's the greatest gift, Jesus. You think, oh man, Jesus is going to get a hold of me. I'm going to turn into something weird. Uh, No, you won't. You really won't. I remember back when I was in ninth grade, I got glasses for the very first time in my life. I didn't think I needed glasses until I went and got glasses. Any of you guys ever do that? You didn't think you needed glasses, but then when you went and got glasses, you went, holy cow. (laughs) Wow. It's like trees, leaves have such definition on it. Are you kidding me? Is this what people see? Wow, I have been missing it. That's life in Christ, man. It's like God puts the glasses on you. This book, ah, I see it in black and white. This thing becomes full color, man. All of a sudden you begin to go, are you kidding me? Something that was written for so long ago, 
How can that impact my life today? This is freaking me out, man. This is wild. I can't believe there's an answer for everything in this book. There is. It's not going to make you a freak. Jesus is probably going to have to calm you down and say, hey, don't be, one of the, don't be a freak. Don't freak out on people. Remember, I hung around with the, with the normal people. I hung out with the tax collectors and the, and the, 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 the drunkards on the street. <laughs> I hung out with the prostitutes on the street. I hung out with the riffraff in society and they weren't freaked out around me. Don't you be a freak when you go out amongst the people. <laughs> they were comfortable around me. It's not that they were comfortable in their sin. It's that they... Man, there's a dynamic there, isn't there? How could Jesus not compromise his walk with God and still be in the company of the world around him? And them not shying him off and getting away from him saying, Oh, no, get away from me, you freak. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. There's a dynamic there that, gang, we've got to understand as Christians... You don't be weird. You just follow Jesus. He'll show you the way. It's the gift. Opened, received, opened, and assimilated into your life. And that's what I wanted to leave with you here today to understand the gift. So let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for the gift. Thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, that God, that whether it's somebody in this room or somebody that's listening online, pray, Lord, that you've touched them today. They may have come into this place and they started listening to this message not as a Christian, not as a believer in you, not as a, a follower of yours by no means. But, but maybe they are. Maybe they've been a Christian and they lost sight of the gift. Maybe they're seeing the gift for the very first time. And they don't want to leave this moment, this time, without receiving and opening that gift. That you went to such great lengths to provide for us. You knew exactly what it is that we need. You knew exactly what it is that our very soul yearns for. And it's you. And I pray, Lord, that there's nobody that walks away from this message that has not at least had the opportunity to become a Christian, to open that gift. And so if that's you today and you want to be a Christian, simply open your heart to him right now. How do I do that? Well, here, here's, here's what it is. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And a verse that you probably, if you're not a Christian, you even know yourself. 
You see that crazy guy behind the field goals of, of football games holding that sign up through John 3.16. You've looked it up. You understand that verse says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Well, the question is, are you desiring to be a whoever? For whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you want everlasting life? Do you want to be a whoever? Do you want to be a child? Do you want to be right with God? Do you want to receive his gift today? Do you want to open that gift for the very first time, recognizing that he is the way, the truth, and the life? You want the right ticket into heaven? It's Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen again. And simply tell God that. There's no magic in the words. There's no magic in in how you say it. You can simply go before the Lord and, and say something along these lines. It doesn't have to be these exact words. God, I've never opened that gift. I've known about the gift. I've heard about the gift, but I never opened it myself. I know people who have opened the gift, but I'm sorry, Lord, for even mocking some of them people. But today, I, I, I want to open the gift myself. I, I want to receive your gift of eternal life. You, you tell me that I, I need to confess my sins. I confess them, Lord. Everything that I've ever done in my life, everything that I've ever been, everything that I've ever desired to be that wasn't of you, God, it would be displeasing in your eyes. God, you know what it is, and, and I even know what it is, and I'm ashamed. God, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Would you come into my heart I receive your gift of eternal life. I receive you. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I desire to be right with you for the very first time in my life. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. And now I am trusting you to lead me in the next steps that I I need to have and I need to take from this day forward to experience all that this gift has to offer. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, loving me so much that you would go to such an extent by becoming a person, living among us, dying on a cross for me, and then defeating death by rising again from the dead. Nobody else could do that. You did. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you. This is the best Christmas ever. I've opened the greatest gift of all. And it's you, Jesus. Thank you for for coming into my heart. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin from this day forward. Show me now, Lord, how to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
hey, thanks for listening. So did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.